0: This is The Great Equalizer, a parenting podcast about the realities of being a mom or dad in modern Josie. We are your hosts, Sam and Charlene, and we believe we're all rocking the same kind of crazy.
1: So let's get real, let's get honest, and let's have a laugh about the ups and downs of our current upside down.
0: Hashtag no No Judges. judges. This week on The Great Equalizer, Sam has reached the point of no return. Charlene feels like a new mom. Mm, and we head on back to the most upside down of the upside downs, the fourth trimester.
1: Hello. Hello. Oh, it's that end of the year yes. depleted. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> we, at this point in the year, we sound like Ross on Friends. Hi. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> and I feel it. Yo. So I, I mean, I, I actually had another intro today. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember what it was, but I woke up this morning and thought. This is it. This is it. This is the point of no return. So to tell br- me,
1: what is the point of no return?
0: When, I know you're going to, you're going to poo-poo this because you're going to be like, Sam, you're beautiful. Stop it. You're going to do all the great things girlfriends do. But okay. hear me out. Let's hear it. I looked, I Swung my legs over the bed this morning and looked down at my thighs and I was like, really? This is it. (laughs) This is what everybody speaks about. I'm heading... It has happened. I'm charging towards my mid-30s. And if I thought it was a struggle to lose weight before, now, now is actually Uh where the struggle begins. I can feel... In the past two three months, I can feel that my hormones have shifted i if in if everybody's been following our story over the past year, I had to be off of wine and coffee and gluten and and what whatever uh, for my bladder and I didn't like lose a hell of a lot of weight, but I felt great and then Elijah broke his leg and then Ray went away and that all went out the window. I gave myself permission to like you can have some fucking coffee, Sam. So I had the coffee and, like, slowly but surely... It's
1: just crept the, back into... The,
0: the weight just, like, adi- an additional, like, three kilograms has just appeared out of nowhere. I haven't been eating junk, Charlene. Like, I haven't. It's just, you know, when you look at something and you pick up weight, that's what's happened. And then I started gymming for my own sanity and uh, just f- to feel good, not even to lose the weight... And nothing. Not I. I feel stronger. I feel better. I feel healthier. And that should be enough. But fuck it. I'm going into um, December holidays. I'm leaving for the beach tomorrow, and nothing has shaken. And I look down at my thighs. You know. You know when you like you sort of don't recognize your body. You. I can see that I've picked up weight, and I can't tell you what I did. I can't say. Shit. I really like the cheesecake place down the road and <laughs> I, I couldn't help myself I can't t- I can't tell you so that's okay. that is the point of no return just let me have it I'm gonna mourn it for like a couple of days and then I'm just gonna but it's hard to now be the fun mom who triples on the beach with her child when I'm carrying like extra than what I've always been used to so that's where I'm at <laughs> it's feeling cock. And, and I just, I think I'm just feeling cuck in general and I'm going to go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to slide into my bad mom moment. Yes. In addition to me looking down at my thighs today and just not recognizing them, <laughs> I get a message from the school principal. Hey, so, you know, for those who are giving to our school charity um, this year, you know, they've collected money for the school charity and... Um, just remember your class, you need to choose which snacks you're bringing. And I was like, huh? huh? Sorry, what? Huh? And when? by when do we need these snacks? No, I, I, I don't actually know. But for me, it's today because Elijah's only at school today. He's not at school the rest oh of the right. week. Oh, right. Okay. So who the fuck knows when the deadline is. But there's all this. Yeah, because so, you're going away. So, so I'm just going to reach out and say to all the moms out there, If you're in the same boat boat as me, high five because I'm like inundated with end of year school shit. Um, You know, the final ceremony for this extramural, and that one, and that one, and that one, and teachers' gifts, and charity shit, and not to mention my own. Like, I'm just completely overwhelmed, and I missed the boat completely on the snacks we need to give for the charity Christmas Plus you're trying to do
1: last minute things for this trip that you're going on with your family. So it was always going to be a rush. Now you throw all of this into the mix. So you're a terrible mom. Why don't you have your shit together for goodness sake? I'm going
0: to, I can see the future. I always thought I'd be the like Pinterest mom and on on top of shit and like my kid has the best lunchbox and my kid has the best, you know, (laughs) all of his shit in order, all of his books lined up. He always does his homework. His uniform always fits. No. My kid is gonna be the one whose uniform is always two sizes too small. Well and I'm at
1: school, so just be fucking happy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I'm gonna always forget the like trip money, the like, you know, school trip money, you know, he's gonna get or he's gonna get to school and it's Civvy's day and and he's in his uniform. Mm-hmm. Or that's me. I'm the hot mess mom. Who's aboard this train? <laughs> choo <Choo-choo! laughs> Okay, hot mess
1: mom. You had to be bombing at momming in some way. Or bombing at momming mm. in some way. So what, 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 why are you a good mom this week?
0: I'm going to keep it short and simple. Let me short hear it. Sweet. I did messy play yesterday. Yay, that's fun. fun! No, I hate it. I fucking hate it. Did you hate it? I always hate messy play. If I could just not, I would not. But I know that the kid loves it and And it's good
1: for him and, and it's good for him so, so that's a great mom moment. I let
0: him I let him get messy and yes. shit. So that's what I did.
1: Well good for you. That's a great mom moment. Thank you. Plus what? also just on the point of no return, can I just shit all over your story and tell you <laughs> A I think maybe your body is preparing itself to be baby ready in the new year. Oh That's where the extra Lord, weight's coming heard from. <laughs> now I've heard it all. And number two, you're right. This is the point of no return. My friend, acknowledge it. Embrace it because it's a fucking <laughs> shit show from here on out. Ask me. I'm approaching my 40s. It's not fun and it ain't pretty. Hello, old
0: age. <laughs> yeah, okay. well, why s- do you... Yeah, tell me why you feel like a new mom.
1: Okay, so briefly... Um, about th- three weeks ago, Joshua asked me why his teeth have a gap, uh, like he's got an overbite. Why does he have this gap? What, why does his teeth look different? And I said, Oh, yeah, that's, th- it's normal. It's just because where the dummy sits in your mouth, um, that's why your teeth are growing around it now. So I showed him my teeth and said, see, I don't suck a dummy anymore, so my teeth don't look like that. That was the end of that discussion. I thought, let me just plant that seed. Mm. He was asking, so I said it. Two weeks later, um, in the car with his dad... Uh, He wants to not suck his dummies anymore He tells his dad Wow And he thinks he wants to give it to one of our family members Who's had a baby recently Because the baby might need it And so this weekend we saw said baby And he was adamant We kept asking him He's like no 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 I'll put it in a gift pack We're going to give it to the kid We're going to give it to the kid The whole time I thought this was never going to happen So as we arrived I'm like Are you giving these dummies away today Are you sure Never ever You will Joshua You will never ever ever get to sleep with them again. Are you very sure? Give them a big love and a goodbye. But if you say goodbye, this is goodbye. Are you sure? Yes, mommy, I've already said goodbye. He tunes me. Sweet. Hands over the dummies. And so that's what happened. But I now feel anxious, nervous, guilty, emotional, I don't know what to expect. I, I find myself feeling like a new mom. Like, I don't know what's going to happen next. It's the most unpredictable thing to me because he's vulnerable again. Not because I see him as vulnerable
0: without the dummy, but I feel how vulnerable he must be feeling. He doesn't have his comfort object. It's like giving, it's like stopping breastfeeding. Exactly. He's letting
1: go of his, and this, is his very last baby thing. So I'm probably uh, going to cry yeah. telling you this, but yeah. he, my baby is now officially Simple. gone. Mm-hmm. And I find myself constantly feeling anxious like I used to feel anxious. What if my baby just starts uncontrollably crying and I don't know what's wrong? Like now I'll know what's wrong. It's about the dummy, but I, I don't know how to handle that. I'm scared. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I feel like a new mom all over again. That's that. I suppose I'll also then slide into my bombing at momming. I think it's I think that makes you a good mom. It's been two days now and he has had some difficulty, especially at two thirty in the morning, meltdown about regret over handing over these dummies, and I just had to stick to Mm. my guns I was just like I'm sorry my love I mean we have the dummies I can give them to him but I feel like I will be doing him the biggest disservice by giving it to him and then he has to start what he's achieved up to this point now has to start all over again so I stuck to my guns and I feel like that's me bombing at momming because even though it's hard in the moment I know it's better for him and especially because he initiated the letting go of the dummies it's his choice and I'm respecting that choice and I'm trying to guide him into it
0: and if the dummies magically appear again he's not going to learn that consequence of you gave them away that's my thinking that's as it. well but then i've constantly
1: have this tug of war in my mind mm-hmm. like he's only four he's only three shaleen he's not even four yet but fuck he's almost four like he cannot yeah. have those dummies anymore so yeah that's it i'd say that's my bombing at mommy.
0: hopefully next week this time when
1: we record again if we can get through just the first week i feel like we'll be okay yeah so I've been crying a lot about these dummies I'm because sorry. I can yeah. see, I can see he's so brave. Oh my God. Shame. I can see he looks when it's bedtime, he, he, he's kind Gets of antsy. off balance mm. and then he's looking for something, but he knows he can't ask because he knows it was his choice. He know, he, he'll be like, um, uh, can I have some water? He'll ask for something. And last night he got onto the bed and he said to me, what did he say? Mommy, you know what? The sad thing is, mm. I don't even have one more dummy, he says to me. Oh, I was like, oh, I just wanted to no. cry and hug him. And then I constantly have to just like brush it off. I know, my love, but you're so brave and you've done so well. And then I just kiss and hug and then I try and deflect. You're doing a good job. <laughs> it's it's really hard. I think it's harder for me than for him. Yeah. Then I'd say my bad mom moment is unfortunately now I'm overcompensating because <laughs> if he's having a mood or a bad, I, I just let it happen. And if you want sweets, you have some yeah. sweets. You want screen That's time, fine, you have love. some sweet, have some screen time. And so, yeah, it's hard. But yeah, I I think we just got to get through this first week and then we can get back to our normal discipline and routine.
0: You know, getting through things, that sounds very familiar. And I Mm. think it links up to what we're going to be chatting about today. So (sighs) this episode has been coming for a while and I've been avoiding it and delaying it. And scheduling other shits in. (laughs) You have. You have. But now, Sam,
1: it's finally time.
0: You're right, Charlene. Hold my hand. Let's unpack the fourth trimester. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Ah, motherhood. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) You know, don't give me back that newborn again. I cherished him. I loved his smell. And if someone could just hand me my own child walking and talking and able to communicate at 13, 14, 15 months, I'd be a happy woman.
1: Really? Mm. That was it for you?
0: Yeah, I'm not one and done. I'd like my child to have a sibling, so. So um,
1: unfortunately, you know that this once again is in your future. I
0: know, <laughs> um, but yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't great.
1: No, I don't
0: think. I don't
1: think it is great for anyone. I think there are great moments. Yeah. In that newborn phase, because yes, if I think back on my time with babies. I mean, we've covered it. I don't have to go into the details. For those of you who have listened to this podcast, our Boob Juice episode, our Upside Down the episode. first one, yeah, exactly. I mean, we have often talked about how difficult that newborn phase was for us. But it does have its positives. Yeah. Unfortunately, when you're in it, those positive moments are few and far between because it is just so overshadowed by the difficulty.
0: So I didn't,
1: I wasn't in love with the newborn um, phase.
0: Yeah. And a lot of people, there are some, some people, moms that I know, that loved it. And they'd trade in the toddler for, for this. I love my toddler. Can I
1: just say, you've only had one child. So yeah, it
0: might be different. With,
1: with my second I, I was more in love with the newborn phase, and I don't know if that was because I knew that this, Sheldon, you better make the most of this, because you're never going to have this again, and I know how quickly it's going to pass. Well, that's,
0: I think that's the thing. So, Ray and I have had lengthy discussions about it, because neither of us were big fans of the newborn phase, of the, third, the fourth trimester, so... Um, The one thing that's getting us through it is um, what we know, what I know to be true, and that this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. So here are some other things regarding the fourth trimester that I know in my heart to be true. Um, And that relates specifically to me. It's okay for your child to sleep on you for the first three months. They will eventually sleep by themselves. And on that note... Baby-wearing will save your life and your marriage and in that order. (laughs) And you won't always have to put your child to sleep through baby-wearing. Eventually, the kid outgrows it and these things happen. Another thing, and ironically I'm saying this, forget about the baby weight. Your body's going to be doing weirder shit for a while. Yes, I'm not even going to get into it. Those who know, know. Bleeding, hair loss diastasis recti, or trouble exercising in general. I didn't have the separation of my abdominal muscles, but I, I had to have a C-section, and I remember standing up to go run. At a, I went to boot camp, and I stood up to go run, and it was the weirdest feeling by yes. my C-section scar. And that was two months in, I think. It was crazy.
1: Yeah, but I mean, that directly relates to your freaking forget about the baby weight. You were being yeah, unrealistic. Yeah, exactly. I was. There.
0: Absolutely. I'll admit it. I also woke up one day randomly. I think he was four, f- going on five months. And I woke up with an inflamed ingrown toenail. Also a typical postpartum body trait. mm and so your body like, is a shit show, just accept it, this too shall pass. It
1: will return to normal. Yeah. yeah. Another
0: thing um, is that it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. Those are all very true things and I must say they
1: true for me too. I, I think for me the overwhelming thing that I always say to everyone about the newborn phase is just do what gets you through the day. One foot in front of the other. You're
0: one day at a time. I, think, I don't think now is the time. I think this is a very uh, subjective thing that you and I share. Uh-huh. Uh, but that you don't have to worry now about the future. So you don't have to worry about giving your baby a dummy now. Yes. That when he's three or four, you're going to be struggling. To get rid to of get it. To get rid of it. Yes. If it shuts him up and he's happy sucking it, Go for it. It's fine. you got to do what gets you. It's a means to an
1: end. Yeah. And so that… I fully support Another that. thing that I know to be very true is it's going to form bad habits, bad sleeping habits, bad eating habits, bad this, bad that. Don't introduce them to… Don't create bad habits. I am doing what I can to be sane. Yeah. It Back is a off. means to Back an end. Back off
0: to anybody who is… Telling new moms that shit. Yes. I think it's up to you to make that decision. Another thing that I know to be true is you're going to have sore boobs. You're going to
1: have mom guilt. You're going to be exhausted all the time. You're going to feel anxious. You're going to be overly emotional. Those things are just going to happen to you. Unfortunately, it's a wave. You just got to ride. You just got to live through it. And when you get to the other side without having killed yourself or your baby, you just got to be like, I succeeded. This is a fucking Mm. win. Those things are true. It is the reality of the matter. And most importantly, you are going to feel like nothing is familiar to you anymore. Like your whole world is just upside down.
0: You're looking at all your belongings. You're looking at your home. You're looking at your family. You're looking at your husband. They're all the same people and all the same things, but... Nothing is the same.
1: And you're going to feel like a failure. Almost guaranteed at some point or constantly, you are going to feel like you're coming up short. You just don't have what it takes. And let me tell you this, that is not the case. The mere fact that you feel that way means that you are doing a phenomenal job.
0: Agreed. Another thing that I have to drop in. Uh, before we hand it over to an expert, <laughs> because you... you no,
1: are I don't know the like I'm talking about.
0: No, we don't know what we're talking about, other than our own experience, and um, just this. Nobody, even when they seem like they do, nobody has their shit together. So don't be looking at moms on Instagram or on Pinterest. Actually, just avoid Pinterest altogether for the first year or two, Um. There is no no uh, no moms at playgroup who look like they have their shit together. Nobody has their shit together, and that's not to point a finger and laugh and say, "Ha ha, you you pretending." It's not even that they did a good job if they managed to pull their hair up and slap on some makeup that day. Tell them they look beautiful, but don't let that be a bad reflection on you, who may not have been able to get it done that day. For sure, yeah. So, yeah, like I said, we're coming a bit uh, down a bit heavy on the, the fourth, fourth trimester. trimester. <laughs> so That I gives you
1: the idea that neither Sam and I or Sam time, a, and I yeah. enjoyed that time. Um,
0: I figured, look, we should probably get um, in a third party who knows exactly what they're doing. Shall we? Hmm. Guys, our guest today is literally a baby professional, so fear not, you're in safe hands. That's right.
1: Jen Spiro is an occupational therapist who's taken a special interest in pediatrics over
0: the past 25 years. Jen is also a social worker and has specialized in working with newborn babies and children with learning difficulties. Besides
1: working in private practice, this mother of two has worked in community-based well baby clinics, provided occupational therapy intervention for children with learning disabilities and has run social skills groups with children and adolescents.
0: Jen is an expert in the emotional, physical and developmental needs of babies and
2: thankfully she joins us now. Welcome
1: Welcome, Jen. Jen.
2: Thank you and thank you for inviting me and welcome to your listeners
0: too. Oh, it's a great I'm, pleasure, we're so happy to have you. And so happy to have you um, shed some light on, you know, we always say we're not experts, so all we can do is bitch and moan about, <laughs> about having a baby. About difficulties, yes. <laughs> but uh, that's why we're calling you in. So Jen, I'm going to um, veer off topic for a second and yes. ask you something that we ask all of our guests, and that's, who calls you mom?
2: Okay, well, um, I have two gorgeous girls. Um, the one is um, Georgia, age 15, and I also have a nine-year-old uh, who's quite a monkey, and her name is Sophia. And then also I have two four-legged things that I think that I'm their mother as well, <laughs> um, Picasso and Lula, long-haired miniature Dachshunds.
3: Oh, cute. Oh, I love
2: those. I
0: love me a Dachshunds. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Those names are pretty
0: cute as well. So, Jen, today on the show, we are chatting the fourth trimester. Um, So for those listeners who've been listening to us blabbing on about it without actually knowing what it's all about, um, can you give us a brief description of what exactly the fourth trimester is?
2: Yes. Okay. So it's quite a simple thing, and there's there's a whole philosophy around if we women were designed slightly differently, we would be having our babies at 12 months, not at nine months. (laughs) And um, so when we have our babies, and you think of that that first three, four months, your baby's very fetal-like. I mean, all, all other animals, they give birth to their babies, and the babies stand up and often walk. They're a bit wobbly, but they walk off. Our babies can't even sit until they are four, five, six months, seven months old. Mm. So we really, really, when we give birth to babies, they're very, very prema- premature in their um, abilities, and their needs on us are 100%. They really, they are completely dependent on the moms.
0: Oh, that's actually, so, I've never actually thought about it It makes so before. much yeah. sense. When I first found
1: out about the fourth trimester, it blew my mind and I felt a little bit more normal because I was mm-hmm. like, no wonder this is so damn hard. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so, Jane, when considering, with all things considered, um, following what you just said, hmm. how are we handling newborns in the first three months in particular differently to um, moms, say, 30, 40 years ago?
2: I think we've moved a long way along. Um, I actually was talking to my partner and I was saying to her, because she's a little bit older than me, and I was saying to her, like, what was it like? What were you doing? And she said that when she had her babies, one of the, one of the things that struck her is that she was almost dealing with everything by herself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that her husband never ever changed the nappy, wasn't that involved, um, at all. Um, I think also we they we would often they would often put their babies down to sleep, and the baby would cry, and that is what they were told to do, and they did it I think today um it's very much a shared responsibility um if you have a partner. I think it's about understanding more of what your baby's cues are what they need um you know I think you know if we if a baby cries does the baby want to eat does the baby need a cuddle does the baby just have need to have a snap change as opposed to just, you know um letting the baby kind of uh, go off to sleep crying and mm-hmm. um, so yeah so that's that's for me um, i also think there are a lot more um things on the market now for new moms and that can also be quite overwhelming but Generally, I think it's a, in the last thirty to forty years. It's about understanding your baby more, reading the cues into the baby, and sharing the responsibility. And
0: um, Jane, so you you know uh, you've made it your business to know and become an expert in sort of what babies actually need uh, developmentally and physically. I mean, yep. as you say, back in the day, it would be like, well, you know, you fed, you changed. And the cried-out method was big and kind of wasn't frowned upon back, back then. And now things have changed and we're starting to gain a bit more of an understanding of, of w- what those needs are. Sure, baby's fed, nappies changed and everything, but there are some other needs. So I wonder if you could talk more on that a little bit about what those environmental and development,
2: the developmental needs would be. Yeah, absolutely. I think just to start off with the environment, for so the fourth trimester, um, when we think of it, um, as a mom or and, and as a father, I think it's very important to think about what the baby's been exposed to in utero. So, you know, that there's a dark, darkness in there, that mm. the baby's kind of contained in, in inside the mom, that the food is on tap, that the mom... Uh, the baby has the mom smell, all of those things. And watch what is ideal is for that first, that first trimester, first three to four months, if we can create some of those, um, take some of those uh, sensory issues and bring them or sensory things and bring them into our environment when the baby is newborn. For example, so we, we get block out, um, like, you put block out at the back of your curtains um, that your baby's room is not, um, overstimulated. So there's not red curtains and bright colors and mobiles hanging in, in over the cot, but rather you can have a mobile, but put it over the changing table. Mm-hmm. Um, that the, there's not lots of loud music playing. Um, that you can to kind of think about what it must have been like for the baby before and actually encouraging that environment in our world, that actually gives your baby the best start to its life because that's what it needs at this moment.
1: That makes such, such, so much sense. Yeah. Can I have a do over? Because I didn't (laughs) want to do any of that stuff. Yeah. Can I just (laughs) rewind and start over, please? (laughs) That makes so much sense, actually, Jen, because you want to simulate or emulate. I don't know what the word right? Both,
0: yeah. The the womb, outside of the the womb,
1: yes. Um, Absolutely. So having bright colors and big light coming through the windows and having a mobile hanging above the cot, it, and that poor little human doesn't know what. Mm. I mean, up until the point that they br- had their first breath, they didn't see anything other than darkness. Mm.
2: Now there's smells
1: mm. and f- uh, clothing on your skin and mm. sounds
2: and all of these things. Mm. Yeah, actually, the one thing is that the baby's sense of smell is well-developed at birth. So mm. that's actually something that you can actually carry over. So whenever I say to a mom, you know, um, if they, if whatever, I say, sleep with your babies, neutral one cushion, or sleep with your babies before the birth, you know, um, so that you can put, the mom can put their smell onto, onto those the things. babies, mm. onto those things, so the baby's got one extra thing that is what they used to in utero.
1: Yeah, that's true. I remember trying to get my uh, little one to latch and then they would sniffle with the nose to find the nipple just because <laughs> they smell for that milk. It's really amazing to see like a little marsupial trying to latch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Jen, as they, as they come out of the womb, though, I mean, you are trying to emulate where where they were before and what they knew, but at the same uh-huh. time they're learning to become a little human. And so Mm. there's a lot of developmental stuff that
2: happens. So how, Mm.
0: as moms in the fourth trimester, do we guide that?
2: Okay. I think what's very important, and this was also something that I should mention earlier when I was talking to my partner who's a bit older, and she was saying, you know, when when we had babies, we were encouraged to do a lot of stimulation right from the beginning. Mm. And I think that's something we've got to be careful with. Um, because I think we don't want to overstimulate our babies, and to, to just remember that they're actually they're, they're almost fetal-like still. So treat them like that. So by introducing, um, you can introduce a little bit of stimulation, but just be just watch for cues. So if um, the baby, for example, turns his head away or her head away from you, doesn't want to make eye contact. Or Rab starts rubbing his or her ear or eye, you know that baby's had enough. Mm-hmm. And then you need to stop immediately. I think this is for all babies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not necessarily only um, newborns, all babies. Once the moment that they've had enough of, of stimulation or interaction, they're saying to me, hang on, I want to go to sleep now, or I want to be removed from this hectic environment. It's too much stimulation. And it's very important for whoever's caring for that baby at that moment to respond immediately. Not to go have a cup of tea or coffee and then to it. But you respond
1: immediately. I think it's also important to remember that while still in utero, they m- they sleep a lot, and yes. that's why when you have that newborn and everybody's like, "Oh, how is it? A, how's your baby? Is she good? Yeah, she's good. Mm. She just sleeps for the first like few <laughs> weeks
2: because she's mm. technically still she should still be in my stomach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think they only wake up after about two two weeks of Mm. No, normally, after about two weeks, they start waking up and, you know... Being more alert, know, it, yes. Yeah, and I mean, our environment that we live in today is so stimulating. There's just so much so going on. So much going on. I mean, people all wearing all
1: perfume, especially you talking about the sense yeah. of smell, that their sense of smell is so well-developed or perfectly developed at birth. they yeah. it, Something as simple as a strong-smelling perfume could be
2: too much for them to handle. Absolutely, absolutely. I actually stopped wearing perfume I used to. And I've only started now with my nine-year-old. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> my youngest is <teenage.
0: laughs> 9 Jen, just, this yeah. is just making me think that, like, okay, so for me with Elijah um, or for all first-time moms, you have mm. the blessing – of those two weeks that you can just be with them right Mm. Mm -hmm. um and and but when i've seen with moms who are having their second now they're Mm. having to i mean they they still need to parent their toddler and so many of them are baby wearing and Mm. and it Mm. seems to be working for them so i'm wondering if that still counts as simulating that that womb-like environment if that if that is kind of a compromise if you can't yeah. keep things quiet and keep the uh, the stimulation low if yeah. baby wearing or something else that you might know of that um that you could do to emulate that that womb-like environment in those early yeah. days
2: yeah look i absolutely um, highly recommend Baby wearing. I mean, years ago, I'm talking years ago, the baby's never left, and in certain cultures today as well, the baby never ever left the mother. Mm. Um, You know, it's always with the mother. So um, I think that is so important. Um, I think there are lots of lovely wraps on the market. I think you've got to find the one that works for you. I'm quite small and short, so I have to find some specific one. Mm. (laughs) Oh, I had to. Um, there are different things um, um, for that's great. Um, I do have that product called the Nurture One Nesting Cushion and that's based on this. Mm. And you can make a groove in it and it also, you know, it, it kind of creates the womb-like environment around the baby. And it's um, also portable. So if you need yes, to, to go somewhere. Yes, then yes. you just, any transfers, any movement, you just pick up the cushion and you take it for wherever you want to. If you want to lie on your bed and your baby's lying next to you, you put the baby on the cushion, um, on the bed, and then if you want to go downstairs, if you want your baby with you, you can skip the cushion out without disturbing your baby. So very nice for that. Mm.
1: I used your pillow, by the way, for both oh. my children, and it was one of the best things I ever, ever got, and I okay. recommend it to Everybody. It's going to be
0: my first investment, Thank you. everybody, <laughs> I know. I've, I've actually just
1: um, had a friend who had a baby, and I, she was like, what is the most important thing? Because these things are so expensive. I was like, I don't care about the nappy bin. You can make do with anything. Just get yourself Amazing. that below. Thank you. Thank you. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> we,
2: did do, we did study it and we did, you know, all got scientific backing and everything. So um, in terms of safety and benefits, it's really can help really, really well. So that's, thank you. That's thank
1: definitely you. why it appealed to me as well, because yeah. of of the the um your background and and because I read up about it and that's how I found out. So thanks for Thank a great you. product. Yeah. Besides Thank the you.
0: scientific um backing that it has, there's anecdotal yes. evidence as well. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, Thank that's you. what moms are looking for. <laughs> Jane, another thing moms are looking for is solicited advice. Not unsolicited yes. advice. Solicited advice. So for those uh, pregnant moms who have tuned into this episode to find out more about the fourth trimester or for those poor souls, we see you and salute you, <laughs> who are in the thick of the fourth trimester, what um, is one piece of solid gold advice
2: you can give them? Mm, one piece. That's a hard one. <laughs> there's so much. To, there's so much. No, but I think um, to actually try and enjoy this, the spirit goes so quickly um, that to enjoy your baby is just, the best thing. Um, If you're not enjoying it, if you haven't problems, to to actually reach out and get professional support. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry, I have to give you a few more, just to say (laughs) if someone offers accept that they're happy if they want to help you with something, whether it's bringing a meal or whatever it is, accept their assistance. Mm. Uh, Involve the dad from the beginning and just one more thing is sleep when your baby sleeps you need to look after yourself um, as a mom I think that is just the most important thing and I think using all those things together actually allows you to enjoy your baby more and I just I look back at that time which I did enjoy and just I I mean I think that's why I'm in this area I just love newborns and I love holding them loving them and seeing moms enjoying their babies
1: it's so interesting to hear you say that. Um, it's. Uh, I think it's all positive advice and um, we're very grateful for it. It's interesting also that because when you're in that moment, in the fourth trimester, both Sam and I remember absolutely hating it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all, I, all I can say is, Jane, thank goodness for people like you. Yes. Because if if uh, Charlene and I were tasked with the job of, of helping newborns out, We'd be like, no, cheers, bye, yeah, thanks for putting there. in leave. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, we must say goodbye, but thank you so much. It's been a real treat having you
2: on. Oh, thank you so much. Such an honor. Thank you. She's lovely.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's nice to know to talk to someone that knows because I mean, you and I know what it feels like, but we can't proclaim to be an expert in the field just because we've experienced it.
0: Well, I've thrown a lot of research and stuff into my field, you know, and that be that um, writing, journalism, but also what we do on this podcast, and Mm -hmm. that's advocating for moms. Mm -hmm. So that's my game. Mm -hmm. But he has someone who advocates for the babies, and I think the babies do need it. You and I are sure as shit, not those people. (laughs) For sure, for sure. And I think also to
1: just to communicate that message about what the baby needs in that fourth trimester, explaining that those first few weeks and the first three months of that baby's life as the fourth trimester, and if you consider that the baby should actually
0: Essentially, still have been in the womb. It's very forgiving of of moms. Do you know that a lot of moms um, around the world in certain cultures uh, they have no visitors yes, for the first no contact. six weeks. Yes, six yeah. weeks.
1: I believe so. And you know what? My neighbor that had makes that makes sense.
0: Yes, it makes sense because I mean, you think about that baby's
1: immune system. Think about how vulnerable. If you think about that baby in your stomach, and you're worried about taking a bumpy ride or someone banging into your stomach or taking a fall or whatever. I know those things are all very dangerous. There's a reason why they're dangerous,
0: because that child is still a fetus and so fragile.
1: And the same goes for the first three months of life.
0: And the thing is, the problem is in in our modern lifestyle, there's no family member that I know of that will be happy, truly happy in their hearts, not seeing that baby as fresh as they can possibly see them. Quite right. You know, so you can ward off like external friends, like extended family Mm, and that mm. for six weeks, but you're never going to... No, they want to see the baby. So it's tough. We see your moms. We see, um, you know... How difficult it is. How difficult it is to navigate, um, you know, the fourth trimester. And as always, I'm a front runner for strung out moms everywhere, especially those who are in uh, the upside down. So um, I really must reiterate that the fourth trimester... Yes, it's mostly about the baby who still needs to be in the womb, but it's not only about the baby. Yeah, for sure. Who's holding the mom,
1: right? Exactly. We always say who's holding the mom. Uh, It's great for the baby, but who's holding the mom? This is why we thought it wise to call up an old friend who's
0: there to remind us all that we don't have to do this alone. So bear in mind, guys, we're going to tune in um, to Genevieve Pata, who is uh, in a coffee shop at the moment. Um, So it's not our usual call, but we thought we must actually chat to her because she's doing some great things for moms. Folks, you'll remember our next guest from one of our
1: bonus episodes. Yep, Genevieve Pater filled in for me on the episode titled Enough, and we gained some insight into why Jen started her amazing platform, The New Normal.
0: In addition to her platform, Jen is also now a qualified postpartum doula and she's here to chat a little more about what she does for postpartum moms. Welcome,
1: Welcome Jen.
3: Jen. Hi, guys.
0: Thank you so much again for carving out some time mm-hmm. for us.
3: Dude, anytime, always. I love I love the great people, up there with my bed.
0: Thanks, man. So, listen, Jen, <laughs> you've done this before, but let's do it again. Remind us, who calls you mom?
3: So, uh, yes, my little one, who's not so little anymore. He's three and a half, when so I'm 13, and his name is Benson. And, yes, that's my, that's my boy.
0: And what about your fur babies? You had such... Awesome names I for them.
3: How could I forget? But it just shows you that it's probably my biggest source of mom guilt. <laughs> <laughs> <after> <laughs> <birthday>. <laughs> and they are two little bus here, tanks and teachers.
0: Hank and peaches love so cute. it so yeah. Cute. Yeah. Very cool.
3: <laughs>
0: Okay so Jane during our last discussion you went into some detail about how you came to start your Instagram platform the new normal but since we spoke it's just launched to new heights and you are also now offering your services as a postpartum doula so In today's episode, we're chatting to moms about the fourth trimester. Um, So if anyone is listening who is in it right now, how exactly can you help them?
3: Okay, so um, the reason why I decided to do this training as a postpartum partum is because of the fundamental piece that is lacking in our current time, which is the village context, right? Um, And the role of a postpartum is basically that village, because they, uh, what we find is that women uh, are finding themselves more and more isolated and more and more alone to, to deal with this kind of new transition into motherhood, and um, often alone, and with not much kind of support and understanding from some society, then, or um. And mm-hmm. um, the roots of that, you know, can go quite deep and can get quite deep, the whole, you know, capitalism, patriarchal thing, which kind of um, had uh, an impact on the formation of the family and how that's basically not voted very well for the sort of transition into motherhood, like having mm-hmm. a little isolated family where dad oh, has to go back to work after two weeks and mom is left alone with the baby. So, what the role of a postpartum doula is—it kind of addresses all of that—and she becomes the um, the main line of support for a mom and family as a whole, really, um, in the fourth trimester and possibly beyond. I mean, my feeling is that postpartum doulas should be kept going for at least the first sort of three months, you know, minimum. Mm. So basically, what a postpartum doula does, and um, they provide physical, emotional, and informational support to a mom and the, the growing family. And um, mom is their first point of call. And then, of course, if there's any concerns that dad might have, or if there are other siblings involved or children involved, she can support them the best way that that works for the family. Um, and I am now qualified as one and I have my services and packages about two weeks to birth and but one of the biggest things that I'm finding is that you know today you know the concept of the village is, has always been ephemeral and just sort of you know in the last sort of 50 years say. and now even more so in this digital age that we find ourselves and um, I think South African women are also generally quite conservative and when, mm. they, do, um, when they do show vulnerability or, or want to be vulnerable, they, they, they're not very willing to do it um, with a stranger in their home, sort yeah. of the thing, which is what a, the, the traditional role of a post-pastant is, is that she would come into your home for however long you need her, a couple of times a week to help you with the new baby and with baby care To talk you through stuff to be kind of like a a co counselor for for you and what you're dealing with as a new mom. But I I feel like South African women are are generally quite conservative in that way, and a lot of them would rather deal with it on their own or with their therapist if they are battling, right? Yeah. So, what the missing piece in all of this is this kind of idea of, you know, of creating a community and a, um, and a kind of uh, support structure for, for for moms. And, you know, because we're in this digital age, when I started The New Normal, the obvious um, platform for that was social media. And so we start, I started that a year and a half ago. And one of the packages that I launched two weeks ago is called The Digital Do Lab, which is an offshoot, I guess, of the kind of the digital realm of The New Normal. And that, you know, moms often... You know, they don't want to leave the house or they don't necessarily want someone they don't know coming into their house. But they do actually really
0: need someone to talk. Oh, yeah, they're a, a bit lonely. Person, you know? And maybe their husbands yeah. also don't want um, a stranger in the house. So and this it. gives them the freedom to to have a, f- a friend or a oh. a confidant uh, to go to with, with issues. And, Jen, you know what else I thought about? And I'm not sure you've considered this, but your digital oh. doula packages are less yeah. in terms of monetary value than your than your other one which yeah, is also yeah. helpful for moms who might not be able to afford a full package of a a physical okay, person cool. to come mm. to them Especially in
1: those first exactly few yeah. weeks after baby has arrived, you just yeah. totally in an upside-down world. And you, I remember frantically <coughs> Googling things. And so to have a digital platform, because you're often awake with the baby or having to breastfeed, exactly. and if you can research information through that avenue, what a wonderful idea. Yeah, and then exactly to have you yeah. on
0: call is just is so useful yeah. as well.
3: So that's kind of... Um, why I decided to do that, and and I think you know, as you say, a lot of moms um, they do want that immediately as well, or, or they do want to look forward to say like a oh, weekly WhatsApp mm-hmm. call, you know, mm-hmm. like every Tuesday for an hour, you know, like someone looks after the baby and you grab a cup of tea and basically talk to how your week was, what things, what did you struggling with, how we can figure out a plan for that and that kind of a thing, and it's it's actually I've, I've been having much more. Time Sort of, I wouldn't call it success, but there's been a lot more interest in the digital dealer than the actual one-on-one packages, and it's a very interesting thing for me because I think so much of what a postpartum dealer does. I mean, the concept itself is actually it's really popular in countries like the UK and America, where they don't necessarily have a culture of um, domestic support and mm. nannies mm. like we do in South Africa. So. Things like looking after an older sibling or cleaning up the house and doing a a lot of that physical support is already taken care of. And as I said earlier, I think there are a lot of women who really struggle in South Africa is to open up and be vulnerable on the emotional side of things, especially with the stranger that they don't know in their own home. Yeah, because so. there's
1: that huge fear of being judged and to just have an impartial person who knows that what you're going through is normal um, um, and that you're not going to be judged for feeling the way you are.
3: Absolutely. And this is why the digital dealer I think, is kind of taking off a lot more um, at this stage at least, is that um, for exactly those reasons. And also that, you know, it's online and um, you can either schedule a time or if you're having a really hectic day and you just need someone to, Talk to us, the available.
2: You know. So yeah. um, it's a bit more immediate.
3: It's kind of, um, yes, not face to face, but we can really touch up and through a lot of the stuff that we're dealing with. So, so, yeah. I love so it.
0: So Jen, I'm going to put everybody in touch uh, with your platforms and with you, um, whoever is in okay. it or is about to be in it. Guys, just keep sure. an eye out on our social media. And um, you'll know where to find Jen. Jen, um, you also have just just mentioned very briefly what you do with Carly yeah. Abram- Abramovitz because I think it's definitely worth a mention and for anybody who can physically go to your oh baby, um, what the fuck, Is it, or do you say WTF? No, I mean you say you say the whole
3: thing. Oh, it's <laughs> 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 you know again. It's I mean, different when it's written out, but, yeah we yeah. just say it, it is, it's the thing, but we say it in the actual course, we say it. And it's happening this Saturday here on Cape Town, um, mm. in Oranjezup, that the baby grows the neck, and just following the normal, I'll system, just a bit what you can expect. And basically, um, how it happened with, I mean, he was, Connie was a psychologist, and she, um, at the time, just about a year ago, so she reached out to me, and she was four and a half months into her postpartition. And she said to me, Wouldn't it be amazing if someone could make an antenatal program that could steer towards all the emotional, psychological um, preparation that you moms and dads, for that matter, have to prepare for during this time? And I was like, Hell yeah, bring it on, man. Let's do it. And the so antenatal the classes
0: that we all actually need.
3: Exactly. That's the thing. It's the stuff that they don't tell you. Yeah. Classes. It's, it's you know? And it, it is more. It's all around what how it's structured is that we kind of we, we set the scene in terms of um, the four different categories of um, you know, of what a mother and a partnership go through. And then we give um, the second part of the talk is an actual toolkit of little strategies and and things that you can do to help you deal with um, the what-the-fuck moments. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, because you'll be having um, a lot so of those
1: what-the-fuck moments totally once you have that kid.
3: But the good news is, is that and next year, we're going to actually be turning it into a digital product as well. I love that. That, um, that moms from all over and access it. And, and it is, oh, and, and we, we still need to figure the logistics out and how exactly we're going to do it. But we aim for that to happen sort of within the first half of next year. So that's so great. So Joburg moms
1: be, and yeah, from other exactly. regions and other provinces can also benefit. Okay.
0: Brilliant, um, Jane. As always, I could talk to you forever, but I gotta let you I go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Thanks, you so guys. much for giving us your time. Have a good one. Thank you for having me. Appreciate the love. Sure. I hope I hope everybody can hear can hear the gist of that message. But I really love the new normal.
1: I agree, and also, I mean, what a cool this. Oh, baby, what the fuck! It is such yeah. a. It just explains exactly that feeling.
0: I mean, go for your usual, um, you know, classes and that antenatal classes. I found a lot of use in that. But for me, it dealt with the birth. Exactly. And guess what? What happens after, that's like only one minuscule part yeah. of this whole thing. It feels once, like a big thing, but it is. It is. A, it is a big
1: thing. But once the baby's out, what the fuck do you do then? Yeah.
0: <laughs> and what do you
1: what do you expect? Exactly. And then o- also how great a postpartum doula is to help with that. Yeah. Because they advocate for you and what's best for you and the baby.
0: Yeah. And so that's what I was going to say is um, – Jen Spiro spoke about listening to babies' cues and seeing when they turn their head and when they've had enough and, and just take them immediately. Don't wait. Mm-hmm. Don't have another cup of coffee. Don't na- just... Attend to their needs attempt, immediately. Yeah, But we all know as moms around friends and family who want to hold the baby and want to, you know, coochie-coo and tickle and this and that and, and it goes against your every grain as mom and you know that you, like, get tense when you smell aunt you know, petunia's perfume and you, um, so-and-so's tickling their feet. And you're not really supposed to, the one the taught us, you're not supposed to tickle their feet. You're supposed to hold the babies firmly because mm. it's a bit too much. Mm. Sensory overload, yeah. Um, and you will know we've been around those people that we respect and you don't really want it to be awkward and say, listen, stop doing that. It's, you know... I've been told it's not good for them. And mm. you, you have to put up with older women saying, Nonsense, back we in did our, our days day. Look, we turned out fine. Yeah, mm. exactly. So that's where I find a postpartum doula can be especially helpful just in advocating for you and saying, You're fine. This is what you need to do to be confident in your decisions. Because mm. as a mom, that was the biggest challenge for me learning to be confident in my own decisions mm. that's the bottom line for me what's your bottom line well
1: i i agree with you. i feel the same as you and that i relate to your bottom line so i don't have to repeat everything you've said um something i took from jenny's uh, discussion um she mentioned in one of her advice points sleep when the baby sleeps and you and i have had this discussion sleep when the baby sleeps it's such bullshit it's not that it's bullshit It's just that it is difficult to master that. It is is near impossible impossible. to master sleeping when your baby sleeps because if you're breastfeeding and pumping or whatever, there's there's stuff that's got to happen. Like you bath the baby, somebody's got to clean that up. you still got to get dinner in the house and the washing and the whatever done. Things don't stop needing to happen because the baby's sleeping. And so you feel compelled and pressurized to still do those things. But what she also said was, accept help, accept help as often and as much as you can. And I think in that, if you have accepted help, if someone is offering to bring you a meal, that's one less thing for you to worry about. If someone says, can I do your laundry or take it to the laundromat for you? Or if nobody is offering that specific thing, but they're saying, how can I help? Delegate those Mm -hmm. things to someone who has offered help so that you can let yourself off the hook To say, if my baby's taking a 10 minute or 15 minute or 40 minute or two hour nap, I'm going to lay my damn head down on that pillow so that I can be a better functioning human for my child and myself and my family. So that was quite poignant for me because I've always been a, when am I sleep when the baby sleeps? What nonsense. But I think if you look at it in that way, it makes sense to me. And that was a big takeaway for me.
0: If you do accept the help. And I think, I mean, I've got to throw in here, harking back to the, beginning of our episode the the lesson that you learn in learning to accept help doesn't end um, when you're out of the fourth trimester so just today a very kind-hearted friend um in of um, a mom of a friend in Elijah's class she said to me look you're not going to get to the snacks that you forgot in your bad mom moment you're not going to get to them let me just do it for you And it took a lot out of me to be like... You feel so shit because it's
1: your responsibility.
0: And now I'm putting it on her. And you know what? She's happy to do it, just like I would be happy to do it for her her. or for another mom. Exactly. So it was a tough pill to swallow. But the sooner you can learn to do it, the better for, for everyone involved. So as always, this is something we just need to keep talking about. Well, sure, listeners, you know this. If you want to chat with us or weigh in on anything we've
1: discussed here, whether you're happy or sad and you want to cry cry or laugh, or both at the same time, Mm -hmm. just DM us a voice note on Instagram at
0: the great equalizer podcast is where you'll find us. Record one on your phone and hit us up over email. Um, we are at thegreatequalizer.za at gmail.com. I have to say as well, we got a really, really lovely DM that
1: Yes, day. I loved reading bad mom that. Moms,
0: bad Mom Moments. I will share it at some point. Um, yeah, and feel free to tag us in your Instagram or Facebook posts with the hashtags. Hashtag bombing at momming or hashtag bad mom So we got this awesome mom's bad mom moment. moment
1: because of this it's it's so fun to read and it's like a aha moment like i know yeah. right yeah. you feel We're like shouting it, yes because you know what it feels like your support is super important to us and you have no idea how much every like love and comment means to us and when you share our posts or our comments as well it really is very very heartwarming
0: so please don't forget to review us on apple podcasts or rate us on facebook or on any of the other mediums that you um, get hold of us on, and hit that subscribe button. At the moment, we're on Spotify, we're on SoundCloud, or we're on Apple Podcasts, and um, yeah, hitting that subscribe subscribe button will get our episodes to you weekly
1: and the more we're seen, the better this podcast will do for you um and the better we can be for you just also on the platforms that we're available on this doesn't relate to where you can listen but we've added a new social media platform we're on twitter now we're on twitter so if you like to tweet please go check us out you'll find our handle is at T-G-E, capital letters, underscore podcast with a capital P.
0: Indeed. I'm loving that medium. So if anybody's not on it yet, get on and give us a shout out. Um, Also, if like us, you've left your Christmas shopping till December, fear not. TGE has your back.
1: <laughs> yes, remember, TGE listeners get 10% off any purchase from Honest
0: Toys with the discount code hashtag Christmas with TGE. Yeah, so just head on over to www.honesttoys.co.za. You have until 20 December to take advantage of this discount, but if you want to get your delivery by Christmas time, we strongly suggest that you get in there before 10 December or just drop. Rosa, uh, Mm -hmm. a little note to say, I want to get this in time for Christmas. Will it happen? Won't it? Just like take a lot, she'll be able to tell you, but with a more personal charm. Do it. Do it now. Guys, join us next week for a lighter hearted, fun topic. (laughs) We'll be giving you the skivvy on things to do with your kids during the upcoming December holidays. And
1: so that's it for this week then. Until next time, keep keep your your mom mom game game strong. strong. more on today's show please head on over to our website at www.thegreatequalizer.com or catch us on instagram at the great equalizer podcast or on facebook if you want something a little more personal email us at the at gmail.com and we'll get back to you